turn to two passages of Scripture, uh, Genesis 49 and John 15. Everyone say Genesis 49 and John 15. Genesis 49 is where we kind of, as our launching pad for this mini-series called The Fruit Bearers. Everyone say The Fruit Bearers. And you know this story, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and let, let me pause and say how much I appreciate Jim standing in the gap last Sunday, he's preached on Jonah, heard it was great. How many of you appreciate Jim sharing the word with us last Sunday? Give him a little love there. Amen. And so I appreciate that so much. But two Sundays ago, we began this uh, discussion about the fruit bearers. We we launched out from this thought, and and uh, 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 Jacob, at the close of his life, brought his sons before him, and he spoke prophetically over them. Some of them didn't fare so well, but Joseph, who is his, as you know, if you know much of the lineage of, of David and all of that that comes right down to, to Christ and us, he's right there. And he speaks over Joseph this. He said, Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. And I really believe from a prophetic sense that we are the branches and we'll see that even more in just a few moments. Joseph, as we know, is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. If you missed last Sunday, I would encourage you to go back, get online, cotrnorth.com, and you can listen uh, to that uh, message uh, that we started about Joseph and other things. And so be sure and do that, but just embrace this thought this with me this morning, that God's plan from day one is for his people to be fruitful for him. Could I get a better amen? And so that's what we're talking about, the fruit bearers. And that that's who we should be in life is people who bear, as Jesus said, much fruit. With that in mind, turn to John chapter 15. If you're not, if you're there, say I'm there, pastor. John 15, and I, I could, if I had time to put all this in context and just give you some of the typology that Jesus is using here in greater detail, we could uh, suffice it to say he's using some terminology about himself that basically used to belong, in a sense, to the children of Israel. If you study the Old Testament, you'll, you'll see a lot of uh, illustration where God was speaking about the children of Israel as the vine. And then Jesus comes along and, and says, now, uh, you've just been a... a uh, you were the vine, now I'm the vine. And, and so it's a, it's a, it's a great illustration about fruitfulness that I want you and I to embrace this morning. With that in mind, let me read the first eight verses. Follow along with me. Jesus said, I am the true vine. In other words, he's telling the children of Israel, you, you were just, hey, you're the, I'm the true vine. I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may, may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you're the branches. Everyone say, he's the vine, we're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not abide in me is cast out as a branch and withered. They gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 8, catch this. By this, my father is glorified that you may bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. And everyone said, Amen. Interesting little side note about this passage right here. He said, I am the vine. Everyone say, he is the vine. It's the last of seven uh, illustrations Jesus used about himself. We call them the I am's. This is the last one. And all the first I am's, the first six I am's, in fact, I may do a series on the I am's of Christ. Uh, they all have kind of a, a, a an outreach and evangelistic flair to them. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In other words, if you'll just come to me and, and partake, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth. And the life. You kind of see that theme throughout the, them. But when you get to the last one, it's very apropos because it, it it's not, uh, he's not addressing people to come to him. He's addressing people who have, in some sense, already come to him. He's talking to followers and he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. It's very apropos for him to come to the place on this last I am to a place where he addresses who we are and who he is and our responsibility to him as his children. And he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And as we see the the context here, it's the context is the responsibility to be productive for him, to be fruitful. And so that's what we speak of. That's what Jesus speaks of. In fact, there's a process if you and, and a progression of productivity that I want you to see this morning. Uh, it, it has to do with moving from no fruit. Everyone say no fruit. You may be there this morning. Look, look what he says. He, he says, I'm the true vine. My father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And then he moves to another level from no fruit to fruit. Everyone say fruit. He says this. He said, he said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Now, now follow the progression in that same verse that it may bear what? Everyone say more fruit. Now go all the way down to verse eight. By this, my father is glorified that you bear what? Much fruit. I don't know where you are in this process, but all of us as followers of Christ have a responsibility this morning to be fruit bearers for him. We say we belong to him. We say we follow him. But if we're not bearing fruit, we need to second guess maybe our commitment and our connection to him because his, this is what he's saying to those. He's not, he's not just talking about I'm the door. I'm the, the bread. I'm the, the light of the world and inviting people to come to him. Now he's addressing us who have come to him. I'm the vine. You're the branches. And as, as the branch, you have a responsibility to bear fruit and not just fruit. But you've got to move from bearing fruit to more fruit. And you've got to move from bearing more fruit to much fruit. Are you with me? Say amen. 
And this morning, if, if we, if we went no further, that's, that, this should cause us to think about where we are and contemplate our life as a believer and contemplate where we are when it comes to being productive for Him. How many of you want your children to grow up and be productive citizens? Are you with me? Say amen. You don't want them to be slobs or sluggards or sit around and, 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 you know, and, and, and live off somebody else's blessing and benefit. You want them to be productive. And that's the way it is with Jesus and us. And there's a process going on in your life. And I don't know where it is, where you're at in the process, but here's the plan of God and the purpose of God for your life to move you from no fruit to fruit to more fruit and much fruit. Everyone say no fruit to fruit to more fruit, to much fruit. That's God's plan for our life. And I wanted you to ask yourself that and ponder that and be thinking about your life, thinking about your future, thinking about what God has to has for you in your life. When we talk about fruit, we're talking about a couple of things. You think being fruitful for Christ, there's really two thoughts here that uh, uh, theologians and people who have, have looked at this and what Jesus was speaking of when he was talking about fruit. It's really a twofold. The first one, of course, would be the commission of Christ. What's the great commission of Christ? Go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. Just like sheep begat sheep, disciples begat disciples. Uh, it's the commission of Christ. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. He said, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what we call being fruitful for the kingdom. And it's our goal, whether big or small or, or young or old, and the plan of God for our life to be fruitful when it comes to reaching people for Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about here in our life. And that's what these cards are about. And that's, in fact, if you take time, the gospel is on the back. You can lead someone to Christ with this and you can be a fulfiller of the Great Commission. In fact, uh, we've got, do, do we have a going to the fair, family day at the fair? When is that? The 28th. We're all going to go to the fair together. I say together. We're going to do our best. Everybody go together. And, and you know what? Whatever we, wherever we go, we're going to take these. And we're, when we're standing in line, we're going to, uh, we're going to start having conversations with one another. Where are you from? What are y'all doing? Man, are you enjoying the pork kebabs today? Oh yeah. I love those pork kebabs. How many love old Rudy's pork kebab and chi oh, chicken on a stick and everything? Man, you can get anything on a stick at the fair. Uh, but guess what? You, you can bring the light and the love of Jesus. Jesus to the fair. There's a masses of people. And you just say, hey, well, hey, my name is so, I'm a member of Church on the Rock North. And, and you know what? I just want to give you something. There's some information you might like, an invitation to church. Hey, check us out. Everybody say amen. That you'll learn. It'll be great. Everybody says it's going to be great. The 28th, we're going to be at the fair, but you can get a head start on that. You can start this week. And so that's what we call being productive for him, the commission of Christ. But then the other side of fruitfulness is not just a great commission or the commission of Christ, but it's the character of Christ. Being like him and growing in Christ and being more and more like him. How many of you know when you gave your life to Christ, you were justified? Everybody say justified. 
Aren't you glad for that? We're justified by faith, not by our capacity to be good. Justified means just as if I'd never sinned. But then how many of you know, then the, that process, once we're justified, then we begin a process of being sanctified, becoming more and more like him. And that's what Jesus wants us to do, to, to model him and model his character. Uh, and, and Paul said this about him, have, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus and be a, be a model of, of Christ. And so that's what's called being productive or fruitful for God. And I think that's what Jesus was speaking of when he began to talk about no fruit. You know, sadly, most believers have never led one person to Christ. That would be no fruit. In fact, I got a feeling that, that, that both of these are connected with one another. That if you don't have the character of Christ, it's going to be hard for you to fulfill the commission of Christ. And so we've got to begin to think of ourselves and realize, hey, this is what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about just coming to church and not smoking or chewing or going with the girls that do. He's talking about being an influence and being a light in the world. And that's what he's told us. He says, I'm the light. Now you're the light. Make a difference. So that's what what we're talking about when we think about bearing fruit for the kingdom, the commission of Christ and the character of Christ. Now, here's what, what I want you to see about John 15 and about this no fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. It, there, it's a progressive and it's continual. The pathway to being fruitful is what I want to speak to you this morning. It's both progressive and continual and we need to bear enough. Uh, let me just say this. You never bear enough fruit for him. You never come to a place where you're done bearing fruit. We should always be and continually be, be being productive for the kingdom of God. And we should always uh, follow him and bear not just some fruit, but more fruit and much fruit. Amen. In fact, a true Christ follower will always be a fruit bearing believer. A true Christ follower will always be a fruit bearing believer. Someone who is growing in the character of Christ and someone who is taking the great commission of Christ seriously. That's what discipleship is all about. That's what Jesus said. When you bear much fruit, so you will be my what? Disciples. So let's talk about this pathway to fruitfulness from John 15 just for a moment. Becoming fruitful has some requirements. You don't just wake up one morning and all of a sudden the fruit has, has exploded on the vine and on the branches. There's a process. And I want to show that to you this morning. I want to bring some great hope to you this morning, especially if you're at a place in your life where you feel like you're really not bearing any fruit for him. I got good news for you this morning. Somebody smile and say he's got good news for us this morning. I got good news for you. Here's the first one, the first requirement. Becoming fruitful and becoming a fruit-bearing Christian requires lifting. Everyone say lifting. Look at this first, the second verse. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Everyone say takes away. Come on, everybody say takes away. Let me just explain to you this morning. There's a better translation for this. 
and it's going to make you feel a lot better this morning. It's, it's better translated. You, you look it up and you bear this out. It's better translated every branch in me. Everyone say in me. Now, how many of you know he's talking about people who are believers? If you're in him, you're his, right? So it's possible for you to be a believer and not be a fruit bearer. Hello, are you with me? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Oh, that scares me. No, it means he lifts up. Somebody say he lifts up. It's almost like, I don't know if you've ever had so much fruit on a vine or tomato vine that the fruit's on the ground. And then when it gets on the ground, it's in trouble. And so you got to lift it up. You got to fix it. You got to, hey, Tommy, have you ever had to wire them, tater, them, them taters, them potato plants up where the fruit doesn't hang on the ground? And, and, and let me just tell you, as believers, there's times when even though we are in him, we're laying on the ground, we're down digging holes in the basement and we're not bearing fruit and we're in serious trouble. And Jesus came along for all of you that don't feel like and you're not bearing fruit. I'm going to come and I'm going to lift you up. Here's the next part about that Greek insight there of that original language. It has this connotation. He's going to lift you up by help of the wind. Now, I don't, I, I don't have any natural illustration for that, but I do have an insight. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is like the breath of God? the wind of God. And I, and my little side interpretation there is if you're down on the ground, if you're not bearing fruit, Jesus said, I've got a helper who will help you. I've got a Holy Spirit who will empower you. He'll breathe on you. He will breathe new life in you. He will raise you up. Somebody say amen. Amen. I love this. Somebody say, I love this. I hope you love this as much as I love this. This gives me hope this morning. In fact, uh, in Mark chapter 9, verse 27, there's a story of, a, I think it was a, a boy who, who was demon-possessed. I don't remember the exact uh, uh, circumstance. He was deaf and dumb. I think that's what it was. And he Jesus cast the devil out of him. And the Bible says that when he cast the devil out of him, the devil left him. And then Jesus, say it with me. Lifted him up. It's the same word. I don't know where you are, but Jesus can come and, come on, sit with me, lift you up and get you back in the game and get you back to a place where you can begin to bear fruit for him. Are you with me? Say amen. I love what James said in James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he will do what? Lift you up. Everybody say lift you up. And so this morning, if you're at a place where you look at your life and you feel like you're just, you're down in the ditch, you're down on the ground, you're not bearing fruit for him for whatever reason it may be. Jesus, the first thing he said, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And I want to talk to all you branches who feel like you're of no value to me. You are valuable to me, even though you're down and out and you're in the dirt and you're wallowing in the, in the pit of life. I'm going to come by way of the Holy Spirit throughout the ages and I'll breathe on you and I'll lift you up out of that if you'll just trust me and move you to a place where you can begin to bear fruit. 
You remember the, when they fed the 5,000, the fishes and the loaves? There was so much left over that they went around and they filled baskets full of the leftovers. Can you get the picture with me? People had got so much that the leftovers were just laying all over the place. And it says they went and they picked them up. Same word, lifted them up. Things that others had already discarded. They took the leftovers and put them back in the basket. Same word. It's a great word picture. If you feel discarded by life and you're down and out, guess what? Jesus will come and he'll give the word. If you'll just say, help me, Jesus, he'll by way of the Holy Spirit today lift you up. Today at the close of this service, we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would begin to breathe on us. The wind of God would begin to blow upon us, especially for you that may be here today and you feel and you sense in your life that you are not being productive for him. He will Lift you up. Amen. So becoming fruitful and a fruit-bearing believer requires a lifting. And could I say all of us at some place need a helping hand? Amen. Have you ever felt that way? Like, man, if, if Jesus doesn't help me, I'm done. He'll lift you up. Number two, becoming productive for him in John 15. It not only requires lifting, but I'm going to say it this way because it's an L word, lopping. Everyone say lopping. You ever lopped anything off? Hopefully never appendage or anything like that. You lop something means you cut it off. You, uh, and that's what pruning is all about. Look what Jesus said in verse two. Again, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he does what? He he, no, well, the first part, he, I'm, go, I'm, I'm rehe- reviewing here. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, which means he lifts up, okay? And every branch that bears fruit, he what? Prunes. I'm not, I, I don't know much about growing things, but I learned a little bit about this in, in high school, in FFA and ag class, about pruning things. And my, my ag teacher, Jack Cook, bless his heart, he's in heaven today, he said this about pruning, uh, when in doubt, cut it out. I thought, that's pretty simple. Everyone say, when in doubt, cut it out. You know, there's some things in all of our lives that we try to rock, paper, scissors on whether they need to be there or not. Or we try to convince ourselves it's okay because everybody's doing it. But let me just tell you today, if you got a doubt, cut it out. If you're wondering whether you should be smoking, chewing, going with the girls that do, and when in doubt, cut it out. Are you with me saying that? Y'all never forget Jack Cook, will you? When in doubt, cut it out. And that's what Jesus was saying here. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Now, interesting little insight about this word. It has a dual connotation too, because pruning says something that is not valuable, good or right, or that's misshapen or growing in the wrong direction that is not conducive to maximum fruit bearing. We're going to cut it out. But the word also means he cleans. In other words, he cleans some things up. And when you prune things in your life, you're cleaning things up. You get the picture. If you get the picture, say, I got the picture, Pastor. I got the picture, Pastor. You see, the Bible talks about the Word of God. Follow me. The Word of God, He it, it cuts to our heart. 
The word of God will cut things right out. In fact, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God. Everyone say Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and has the capacity to pierce uh, deep into us and divide between joints and marrow and our soul and our spirit and 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 cut things out of our life. Listen, it's not... <clears throat> There's things that people deal with in life and they try to convince themselves it's okay. But man, when we look to the word of God, the word of God basically says when in doubt, cut it out. It's undoubtedly, there's undoubtedly Jesus knew about believers that there would always be even people who were bearing fruit that in order for them to move from fruit to more fruit, there's some things that have to be cleaned, have to be cut out, have to be removed from our life in order that we can bear more fruit. The Word of God cuts and the Word of God cleans. Look what he said in verse 3. You are already clean. Now he just talked about pruning and cleaning. Then he gave insight. You're already clean because of the word that I spoke to you. Did you know the Bible says that the word of God is like a, a water that washes over us and washes our life and washes our brains? I think Ephesians 5, it says that, that there, it's like the washing of water by the word of Almighty God. You ever heard this? All you Christians, you're just brainwashed. Anybody ever heard that? You're just brainwashed. I got to thinking about that. You know, they're right. We just chose who went to washing on our brains. We let the word of God wash us and clean us and help us and transform our life and make it more like, make our lives more like Christ. And there's some things in our life that if we're going to move from, from, from being, bearing fruit to more fruit, some things have to be cut out. Some have to be washed out of our system and out of our thinking and out of our lives. Are you with me? Say amen. Let me ask you some questions. What needs to go so the fruit can grow? Think about it in our life. What's hindering us from bearing more fruit? What needs to go so the fruit can grow? What needs to be cleaned so the fruit can be seen? You see, Jesus' desire and design for us is not to not bear fruit or just to bear fruit, but to move from bearing fruit to more fruit. And today, listen, I I got news for you. I got news for you. Everybody say, he got, tell somebody, he's got news for us this morning. I got news for you. There's some things in all of our lives that need to go. That need to be removed. That need to be cleaned up and dealt with. By the word of God. What does the Bible say about this? What does the Word of God say about this? And we let the Word of God do surgery in our life and, 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 and clean us up uh, and rub-a-dub-dub our brains and our emotions. Hey, I don't want to fault, I don't care this too far, but in, in Mexico, I got, you, in doing this well drilling, you get really dirty fast. Don't wear your good clothes. By the end of the day, and by the way, it was pretty warm 
in Tuxtepec. And so uh, we sweated. We got muddy. We got dirty. Man, then we had to go back. How many of you just don't like to? Ugh. But when you get in that hot shower, there's nothing like feeling clean. You ready to go eat something? Ooh, let's go, man. That's the way it is when the Word of God gets a hold of your brain, gets a hold of your life, gets a hold of your emotions, and just begins to wash you and clean you and remove something. Hey, let me tell you something. The Word of God, you, some of you, some people struggle with things all their life long. Let me just, and they wonder, I don't know if I can shake this or not. Just sick the Word of God on it. It'll cut it right out. Are you with me? Say amen. So this pathway to productivity and fruitfulness, it requires a lifting by the Lord in our life. Thank God for that. And then number two, it requires a lopping, a cutting away, a cleansing, a pruning in our life. What needs to go in our life so the fruit can grow? And number three, undoubtedly becoming fruitful requires linking. It's the branch and the vine. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, there has to be a divine connection between Christ and us in our life. And oh, we could go down that road a little bit. How do we stay connected to Him? We stay connected to Him with prayer and fellowship and worship and, and just spending time with Him and making sure we're linked up with Him and His... That's what, that's what the model prayer is all about in Matthew 6 when He was teaching His disciples when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. Pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. I'm telling you, when you start your day like that, it's like the satellite link. Things start, things start moving and going into place and you don't know what all's happened, but supernatural. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name and pow! You're linked up with him at the place of prayer. I know some of you are saying, hey, how my prayer life seemed to go. We link up with him. For apart from him, we can do nothing. But let me tell you something. He, he said this, I am the vine and you. He wasn't talking to one person. He was talking to all of us. You are the branches. Ever say branches. How many of you know that a, that a vine or a tree with one branch is, is not God's plan? It's the branches. And we're linked together because of our common link with Christ. And we're better together. And we're, 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 we're a part of, of something bigger than us, the branches. We're not only linked to Him. I've met some people who say, well, I love the Lord, but that church family just drives me nuts. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I love Him. I'll take, how many of you know, you can't have one without the other? Because He said, I'm the head, you're the body. I'm the, uh, you're the bride. We all are. We're linked together. And, and we've got to learn that, hey, if you want to grow in Christ and be more productive for him, yes, you've got to be linked to the vine in your spiritual life and in your spiritual journey. But you've also got to be linked up and in fellowship with the branches. Look around all the branches and go, man, I'm so glad I'm here with the branches this morning. Amen. We're the branches. I love what Isaiah said. There's all kinds of word pictures in the Old Testament, especially in Isaiah. He said this, the new wine is found in the cluster. Not in the one, the cluster. When we realize we're better together, tell somebody we're better together. 
And one of our fourfold statements and our purpose is this, uh, that uh, we are uh, we're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called to give and called to go. We're called to come together and link up in fellowship, link up in faith, link up in prayer, and link up and connect with one another relationally and make a difference and become more productive for Him. Are you with me? See, becoming fruitful is not a solo activity. It's a family affair. So becoming more productive for him, moving from no fruit to fruit to, to more, moving from no fruit to fruit to more fruit and to much fruit requires not only a lifting by God in our life and a lopping and a cleansing and a, and a, and a removal of things in our life, but it requires us to come together and grow together. In fact, I love what Paul said in Romans 11. He gave this great illustration primarily uh, of the, between the Jews and the Gentiles. He says, we have been grafted in. Once again, I'm not very good with horticulture or triology or whatever it is or vinology, but I do know this in certain scenarios. You can take one type of uh, uh, fruit and you can graft it into a tree and and bear a different kind of fruit. I, I don't know much about it, but here's what God said about us. He said, let me tell you what's happened to you. The Jews, here they were, but God, through his mercy and grace, got the Gentiles, which is everybody else, who would trust in Christ and grafted them in, linked them together, linked us together. Now we're all one. Amen. Requires linking number four, being productive for God and being fruitful, moving from no fruit to fruit to more fruit to much fruit requires listening. Verse three, you're already clean. In other words, sanctified, pruned because of the word that I have spoken to you. How many of you know there's some cases where we're, we have ears to hear, but we do not hear? And even in this room this morning, listen, God's speaking through an old frail preacher man here. Oh, bow-legged, chubby, gray-headed preacher man today could be God speaking to you and my prayer is that you are listening not just with with ears in your head but ears that come down in your heart and something on the inside of you says yes to the word of God and a yieldedness to the word of God and when you hear the word things begin to happen in your life productivity begins to happen you remember the the parable of the soil and the seed and the and the, yeah, the soil, the seed and the sower. Matthew 13, 23, he talks about the seed that was sown in the good soil. He said, but he who receives seed on good ground, listen, is he who hears the word and understands it. Now, follow me here. Being productive for God. You've got to hear the word. It's like a seed. See, today you have an opportunity to hear with an ear, to hear, a hear, hearing ear, and just say, oh, and you open your heart and let it be good so on you, and you plow up the fallow ground of your heart, and this seed goes down into your heart, and it begins to bring forth fruitfulness in your life. Because you hear the word, and you understand the word. You receive the word. You hear it 
Accept it. Believe it. Water it. Allow it to grow in your life. And it'll bring forth some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. I love that kind of productivity. How about you? Amen. So bearing much fruit or bearing fruit. Moving from no fruit to fruit requires a lifting, a lopping, a linking, and a listening. And number five, it requires living. Everyone say living. Because Jesus said this in verse four. He said this. He said, abide in me and I in you. Now I'm telling you something. That's relationship. That's fellowship. That's living a life. It, uh, abide in me and I in you. It, it's, it means to dwell with in right relationship. Have you ever dwelled with someone who you had no relationship with? That's not living. That's just existing. Jesus said the relationship you and I have, if you're going to bear much, if you're going to move from no fruit to fruit to more fruit to much fruit, you've got to abide in me and I in you, for without me you can do nothing. There, there's no productivity and there's no life. There's no, the only way you can live is abiding in me and me and you. I've been thinking about this the last few days. And I'm thinking about my life and kind of the body of Christ as a whole. And I'm, I'm, I'm developing a hypothesis, an educated guess. And here it is, that most believers spend all their life trying to rely upon Jesus for about everything. We say, well, that sounds good because without me, you can do nothing. Yes, I understand. They, they're relying upon Je Jesus. I need peace. Jesus, I need joy. Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I need that. Jesus, I need more money. Jesus, I need my family to, Jesus, I need this. I need this. I, and we spend all our energy and our efforts try, just relying upon Him to take care of us. But here's my question. Even if we have total reliance upon Him for everything, does that necessarily equate to a real relationship? Because that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, abide in me and I in you. He's talking about relationship. He's not just talking about somebody being your sugar daddy till you go to heaven. Now, I appreciate the fact that he gives me, that without him I can do nothing. I appreciate the fact that without him there is no peace, there is no joy, there is no living. Apart from him, we could do nothing. And without him, we're on our way to a devil's hell in a hurry. I know all of that, but here's what I'm thinking uh, real pro productivity comes from. is not just in total reliance upon him, but, re but reliance upon him uh, uh, encapsulated through a real relationship with him. It's called abiding. And he said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. 
For without me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire and they are burned. I don't know what theological uh, uh, rabbit you want to go down there, but I just soon not go there. How many of you just soon not go to verse six? You want to don't want to go to verse six. We don't have to deal with verse six. Yeah, I can tell you how you don't deal with verse six. Be productive for him. Abide in him. And he, hey, could have get a better amen. And then I love the, I love this. A lot of people wonder why the prayers aren't answered. I got I'm just developing a hypothesis. Hang on to me that we think we've heard. Well, if you just pray and ask and, and just and ask the Lord in faith, He's going to give you everything you need. But all we're doing is relying upon Him. But we have no real relationship. And that's what abiding. That's what He's talking about here. And He says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, just ask whatever you desire. I'll give it to you. Just whatever you want. Because we've got relationships. That'll move you from more fruit to much fruit. By this, my Father is glorified. Now, did you catch that? He's talking about when relationship is at its apex. When I'm abiding in you and you're abiding in me, when we're hitting on all eight together relationally, and it's not just me being the sugar daddy or the person, you know, I remember my, my friend Louis Besserell, who's in heaven. He died at an early age. He was a Hispanic brother who uh, uh, was a drug addict, a dope addict. He went to prison, got born again, and was our prison minister in our church at Beverly Hills Baptist Church. And in my best Hispanic voice, I'll mimic him today. He said that he didn't have good English, but he had good preaching. And he said, God ain't no gimme machine, man. Say what? God ain't no gimme machine. What do you mean gimme? You just, he's not someone you just get, put this in and you pull the handle and get something back. Jesus said, when we're hitting on all eight together, and we're about, I'm in you and you and me. And whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. And it's going to glorify our Father in heaven. God's going to be so happy. He's going to be so happy. And then we're going to bear much fruit. And so we will be His disciples. Where are you today? Well, the great I am, Jesus, who at some point in life said, I'm the bread of life and you came and partook. He said, I'm the light of the world and you let him shine his light on your heart. And you were born again. He said, I'm the door and you walk through the door. He said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And you said, yes, and you were born again. He's now saying, I'm the vine. You're the branch. Today, it's a time to move from no fruit to fruit, to more fruit, to much fruit. I'm 61 years old, I think. I hope I've got another 30 or 40 in me. Because I know I'm not at a place where I'm hitting on all eight 
I want to bear much fruit. In my latter years, I want everything I've done up to this point to just be introduction to a whole new level of productivity for Him. How about you? Where are you today? Do you feel like there's no fruit? Or maybe just fruit or more fruit or much fruit, wherever you are. I got a feeling the Holy Spirit wants to empower us in the process of moving from level to level to a place where we're abiding in Him and He in us. And we are creating what I'll call maximum impact in the world around us. Let's stand together today. If you're here today and something in you says, Pastor, I just want to make a minimal impact, then I wouldn't pray with me today. But if there's something in you that says, Pastor, I want to move from nominal and minimal to a maximum impact for Him, I want to bear much fruit. Let's just pray that the Word of God here today would set up residence in our heart. Begin to wash us and clean us prune us, prepare us, empower us. And that the wind of the Holy Spirit, even if we're down and out and we need to be lifted up, the Holy Spirit would begin to blow on us today. I pray that's your heart's desire. Father, today as we come together in this room, as we've gathered together to hear your word, may we be as, Lord, we've heard today, listening to hear what the word of God is saying to us. And may the Word of God cleanse us, prune us, and empower us. Holy Spirit, have your way now. Just blow upon us this morning. Spirit of God, blow on us today. Spirit of God, blow upon us today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you feel like that first level, you're just in the dirt. There's no condemnation. Jesus certainly does not condemn you. He said he'll come and lift you up. If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, you can say, Pastor, that's where I think I am. I need the Holy Spirit and the hand of God to lift me up. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. I want to pray for you. We're going to agree together. Anyone, God bless you. Father, today, may your hand be extended as we humble ourselves before you. You said if we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, you would lift us up. We thank you for the lifting today. I want everyone in this room just to begin to thank God for the lifting. That he's our, he's the glory and the one who lifts up our head. He lifts us up. He gets us out of the dirt. He picks us up, puts us back in the basket and gets us back at a place of being useful for him. Father, thank you. 
for the Holy Spirit blowing upon us. Holy Spirit, I want everyone in this room, let's just do this. This is good practice. Just say, Holy Spirit, blow upon me. Blow upon me, Lord. Lift me up to another level of productivity, Jesus. Move me from no fruit to fruit, Lord God. Move us from fruit to more fruit by pruning and cleaning and cutting away that which is unnecessary and in the way and hindering our productivity for you. Lord, help us allow you by way of a relationship with you. We linking up with you and linking up with one another and abiding in you and you and us to move to a place of much fruit. Do that in us today, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I believe that we can be productive for Him. We don't need to compare ourselves with others, but we can be productive for Him and move and move from no fruit to fruit to more fruit to much fruit. Listen, that's God's plan for all of us. Take these little helpful things. Let's pray together. Let's trust God together. Let's walk down this road together and let's see God do something dynamic in our midst and let's celebrate the goodness of God together. Amen. Everybody say amen. Let me throw this out before we go. If you're here and you're searching for a place, you believe this is God's place for you. You're searching for a church home. Just pray over it. Say, God, is this where you want me to be? The Holy Spirit will confirm to you one way or the other. I call it God's divine okie dokie. He'll say something in your heart will be the peace of God come upon you and you'll know this is where I belong. If this is where you belong, I want you to link up. And just say, I believe this is where God wants me. I'm going to link together. I believe you're my pastor. This is my church home. And we'll we'll celebrate that together. Next Sunday, if that's you, this Sunday, next Sunday, you come and say, I believe God has linked me up in this house. And we'll celebrate together and we'll grow together and we'll be productive together. And everybody said, Amen.